Pali Society is one of the fastest growing lifestyle hospitality companies today, and they recently invited me down to Los Angeles to meet with their president, Jorgen von Steening, to talk about their brands and unique approach to hospitality. They hosted me at one of their LA properties, and I felt they executed the details so well, from the interior design that felt both comfortably nostalgic and whimsical, to little surprise and delight moments throughout, like the insanely good cookie in my room. In this episode, you'll learn how the company got started, how they operate with what they call a proprietor-led point of view, and other things they do differently that have been so successful for them so far. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there delight others and reach your goals. Let's get started. Jorgen, I've been excited to talk with you. I appreciate the chance to come down here, experience this property here in West Hollywood. Happy to have you. I was telling you before we started recording, I've been looking for my home in LA after 15, 20 trips. I've never found it. There's cool hotels here, but there's a sense of just being here that feels like home in a good way. And I think some hospitality providers talk about, you know, it should feel like home. It feels like a more elevated comfortable experience. And I think that's what I'm picking up. Everything from little details that you have uh, plates in the hallways with the room numbers to just the design. It feels very fun and welcoming. But I want to hear in your words, tell me about the company, the brands that you have. How would you describe what the company is? Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. Pali Society is a branded hotel management company at its core. We started in Los Angeles with the original Pali House, West Hollywood in 2008. And we've evolved quite a way from there. I think I think what's really interesting about this company and unique about this company is it is very proprietor driven. The brand was created as a reflection of the taste and style of Avi Brosh, who's the CEO and the lead designer. So, you know, the first hotel that we had literally used his own furniture, right? And it's still there. There's a big farm table at Pali Hotel Melrose that was, you know, his dining table for years. So, it's very much a reflection of the way that he lives, his style, his sensibilities. And uh, I think that's really important for the brand. What really sort of excites me in hospitality right now is, uh, is something that I think we sort of live and breathe. It's a point of view that is proprietor driven, that is meant to be a, a reflection of their sense of how something should be. That's something that's really sort of unique, I think, in the space. What gravitates me to different brands, whether it be a hotel or a restaurant or a lifestyle brand, is is a strong point of view, as opposed to a view that's manufactured to be appealing to me. And I think that's what we do. I think that's what we do really well. You know, the brand, the style is really eclectic. It's sophisticated. It's nuanced. It's layered. And uh, it really is a reflection of the proprietor. I love that notion of a strong point of view. What would you say as you think about the brand are elements that you maybe disagree with other hospitality providers on? Because there's a certain sense of if you have a point of view, you're also creating some disagreement or there's some people you're not going to cater to. And that's okay. That's that's okay. okay. We don't have to cater to everybody. What people really like about this brand is, I think you mentioned it feels like home. It's a little whimsical. It's fun. We're sitting at, at Pally House West Hollywood right now. And, and when this opened, uh, Thrillist did a little feature on it. And they, I think they captured it really perfectly. It says, the design effect is unique, 
a little like your hip grandma took a decorative spin through the All England Tennis Club at Wimbledon. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what that means, but it captured the spirit and the vibe so well. There's something that feels very at home about this brand, both in the style and the demeanor of the staff and the way that the brand, whether the website or the social media, the way that it speaks to people is really compelling. And I think that's really driven a lot of our brand loyalty and a lot of our success over the years. When I think about comfortable, one aspect of that beyond just the furniture in the environment, which is critical, there's a certain sense of balancing it being cool and it feeling fun, but it doesn't feel pretentious. And, you know, I get the sense of like, do I belong here? Right. How do you balance those two things? Because I feel like they can be in conflict. Of course they can. And I think that goes back to, you know, making sure that you have a really strong proprietor led point of view. Again, this is sort of how Avi lives. And look, this is a family business. On um, The way that I describe it is Avi, who's the lead designer, everything that you can touch is him. Everything that you cannot touch is his wife, Kirsten, who is the principal of brands. You know, the website, the photography, the collateral, the playlist, the scent, the partnerships, the uniforms, it all has to be really cohesive, right? It's not just about what the property looks like. It's also about how the property and the brand speaks to you. And it's a reflection of them. You go to their house. This is sort of how they live. It's not overly fancy. It's very sort of uh, bohemian, eclectic town and country chic. And we pay a lot of attention to making sure that that's how the properties ultimately reflect. I want to come back to what you mentioned, this being a proprietor-driven concept. What is that? You know, one of the things that's interesting and different about our hotel company is that on average, our hotels are about 65 keys, which is very, very small compared to industry standards. The smallest hotel that we have is 24 rooms. The largest right now is 122 rooms, which is sort of big for us. So they're small hotels. We describe our hotels as neighborhood hotels. So the philosophy is we want to be the hotel that, you know, a local says to their friend coming in from out of town, you have to stay at this hotel. We want to be the restaurant where, you know, a local has dinner on a Tuesday night. They're supposed to function as pillars of the local neighborhood. And I think a lot of hotel companies sort of try to do that. A lot of brands try to do that. You know, everybody throws around the words, you know, local and authentic. But I think we really do that. And I think, I think we do that well. But part of that is being a small sort of footprint hotel, something that has more of a neighborhood feel, something where the manager and the staff sort of really are capable of connecting more to people that they just see on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And I think F&B plays a huge part of that. It does. I just had a great breakfast burrito that was delicious. And so the F&B offering is great. Also, I wasn't able to join for happy hour, but I saw even it's little things like the happy hour prices, even it felt like an incredible value and such that if I lived in the neighborhood, this would be the, the place I hang out. Good. And so there's, there's the many intent. elements, of course, to the guest experience. But even with pricing, I feel like that is one way that you're getting people in the door and maybe make them acquainted with the brand. Yeah. You know, I think talking specifically about food and beverage, we don't want to be the special occasion restaurant. We don't want to be like the date the birthday restaurant or the anniversary restaurant. We want to be like the Tuesday night restaurant. I think that is, it's better for the neighborhood. It's more aligned with our brand. It's more aligned with the style of hospitality, the sort of non-fussy casual nature. 
that still can be really quite sophisticated. And I think that's what we're going for. As you think about the overall guest experience, what are the elements that are really important to you? Because there's so many pieces of this. I have to say, I had quite possibly the best cookie in my life when I arrived in the room. And so it's interesting. I tried a lot of cookies and it was insanely good. There's some things that really stood out to me when I walked into here, which I could talk about, but I'm curious from your perspective, what do you focus on really nailing that this is a sort of a, a pillar of our experience? I would say it's both complicated and very, very simple. We prioritize having really beautiful, really well-maintained spaces. That's number one. We have an internal policy that both myself and Avi have to be at every property at least twice a year. It's just so important to maintaining the brand standard and the brand integrity. And it is, you know, literally, a, you know, wipe your finger around, you know, every surface. Is there dust? Is it clean? Are things being maintained appropriately and correctly? It's just so critical to have a clean, well-maintained property. That's number one. There's a very different sense that is palatable between walking into a room that's 100% clean as opposed to a room that's like 85% clean and you feel it and the customer feels it. So that's, you know, first and foremost, number one, property maintenance, property upkeep. Number two is we pay a lot of attention to just the small details in the room, the body lotions, the bath amenities, the in-room cookie, the mini bar. We have, you know, we go through an annual, a pretty significant annual process of reinvigorating the mini bar. Like what's working, what's not? What would make me feel really excited when I open that fridge, when I check into a room? So who's involved in that process? Because I opened up the fridge and there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's me. It's Kirsten. We have an F&B team. We have an operations team. It's actually a handful of people. It's one of the only areas where I would say we actually make decisions by committee. We're not a make decisions by committee sort of business. The proprietor makes the decision sort of business, except for the mini bar. But look, the attention to the details is just so important. And I think the third element of it is just having great staff, making sure that you're hiring correctly, you're hiring the right personalities, and that you're giving them the tools and the training and the understanding of what they need to do to really take care of the guests and make them feel, as you said, like you're in a home away from home. With regards to hiring, is there anything that you've done that's you think is different from others that's worked out well for you? Because it's a big, very competitive market. How would it, where have you seen success in that? It's a super competitive market. And I would say the last couple of years have been incredibly challenging from a hiring perspective. The talent pool is tight. A lot of people who were in the industry have left the industry. So you have the breadth of experience, especially at the management level, that is not necessarily there anymore. So Hiring has definitely become more challenging, way more expensive, which is all the more reason that you have to really focus on training and really focus on retention. Not providing you know, your employees with the tools that they need is just going to lead to further turnover, which is just more expensive and obviously leads to guest dissatisfaction. I do think that people gravitate to us and to this brand. I have interviewed many people of the course of my tenure here. And the most common response to why do you want to work at Pali Society is, this is the reason that I got into hospitality. A company like this, the emphasis on making sure a property just looks spectacular and that the guest feels it. Emphasis on taking care of the guest. The emphasis on 
or the ability to just spend your days in a place that feels, again, like home, is why people get into this industry. People get into this industry because they feel hospitality in their veins. And I think this is a company and these are properties that allow them to really do that. It's interesting. So is potentially design and brand an underrated way to attract talent, it sounds like? It's a big connection there. Absolutely. Absolutely. This. I mean, I don't think that people get into the industry with the uh, grandiose, you know, idea of working at like an airport hotel, right? I mean, of course, something's wrong with working at an airport hotel. But um, I think when people feel hospitality in their veins, that this is the type of company that they envision working for. You think about travel broadly, and I guess the role of hotels or hospitality providers in that ecosystem. What does it look like to make travel more comfortable? What's the role of hospitality or hotels specifically making the travel experience better? Yeah. You know, look, at the end of the day, unless you are a resort or unless you are, you know, a, an Amman, you're not really a demand generator, right? We really don't see ourselves as demand generators. We see ourselves as demand capturers. Urban hotels do that. They capture the, the existing demand in the city. So I think people have a lot of different options. But how do you think about brands? How do we think about brands? So we started with the Pally House brand. It was initially designed to be a residential style hotel, sort of like a pied-à-terre. And it's evolved a lot since then. That sort of residential style of property is still the ethos for the Pally House brand. Larger rooms, kitchenettes, meant for a slightly longer term stay. From there, we moved into the Pali Hotel brand. The Pali Hotel brand is a more sort of traditional transient hotel model, smaller rooms, larger key count uh, footprints typically. And for years, those were cheap brands. We saw an opportunity in the past couple of years to enter the sort of very high-end, really bespoke bed and breakfast market. You know, we saw a couple of properties that were located in Carmel that really didn't fit into what we currently had. But we knew that these were really, really high-rated markets. We knew that they were just beautiful, little, quaint properties. So we saw that opportunity. We saw another, a few other opportunities that were sort of hovering in our pipeline. And we created the Le Petit Pali brand. Le Petit Pali is really the most bespoke brand that we have from a design standpoint. But they're very small, very modest buildings in just really, really fantastic markets. So it's our version of a bed and breakfast, really. And uh, we opened the, the two Le Petit Pali Carmels in July. We have three more under construction, one in Laguna Beach, one in Brentwood, and one in St. Helena in Napa Valley. So it's been a, a big growth area for us. There's just a lot of these little properties that are just in beautiful, stunning markets. And honestly, I think a lot of these markets are really underserved with really interesting hotel product. So it's been a big growth avenue for us. I always love hearing how you think about expansion because you could just create a lot of other properties like this. But if we go back to earlier in our conversation, some of the everything from the founder to kind of how you thought about providing hospitality, it seems that the petite brand is adjacent, but it's not, it's, it almost creates like a different guest experience. If someone likes Pally House, they're probably going to like this as well, even though it's a different property type. That's right. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because all three of the brands, even though they're at different price points, they're not really meant for a different consumer. 
And what I mean by that is oftentimes, if you walk into a Pali hotel, you don't necessarily know that there's a difference between a Pali hotel and a Pali house. It's entirely in the room product, but it's really meant for the same customer. It sort of allows our customer to graduate from one brand into the next. Obviously, there's a difference in price point typically, but it allows our customers sort of to stay within the family of brands. And it's very intentional. It's very intentional that the common areas, the brand not really feel that different from an aesthetic standpoint, but it is different ultimately from a room product standpoint and a price standpoint. And it's very intentional. How do you get to know the customer? You said it's the same customer. Is it an archetype or how do you think about that? Yeah, it's a really good question that we get asked a lot. I think like all hotel companies, you can sort of define who your ideal guest is, but really you are (laughs) a big chunk of your product is a commodity, right? So your target audience is a lot of people. A chunk of your target audience has to be, you know, a customer that's looking to come to LA and is on, you know, an OTA and decides to come to your property because of the price point is right or the photos look great. So that that's a big part of our customer base. Our goal for that customer base is to once we get them in house to keep them. And I think that's a big emphasis in, you know, how our front desk operates and how, you know, again going back to property maintenance, that guest experience has to be so great that that customer is going to come back. It could be anyone. That archetype is fairly broad. I feel like more and more people are talking about loyalty. They want to get people coming back. Do you believe for your customers, the guest experience and that just, I want to come back here is a more powerful driving factor or are there other things you do to try to encourage loyalty? That is absolutely the most powerful tool that we have to encourage loyalty. We do have other sort of loyalty pieces that we're playing around with. I think it's actually a, it's a big initiative of us for, for 2024 to actually launch a loyalty program. So We're having those conversations now to really think about what a Pali Society loyalty program means. It's not going to be a point-based program. It's not going to be a program like that, but there is, I'll get back to, you know, who our guest is in a second, because I think it's important for this conversation, but that specific guest, the main archetype of Pali Society wants something specific and is going to be stimulated by something specific. We know that because they're stimulated already by what we offer. So understanding how to tailor a loyalty program to stimulate that archetype is sort of the the main initiative for 2024. Going back to who our our sort of core customer is and how we envision that core customer, it skews female. Depending on the brand, it's anywhere from 35 to 55, which is really how, you know, I think that's a very good demographic because females tend to hold the power of the purse. They make a lot of decisions. They make a lot of travel decisions. And in terms of sort of industry, We have a lot of demand from the creative fields. Being based in Los Angeles, we've grown up in the film and production industry. There's a lot of New York to LA crossover. So we have a lot of guests from New York. We have a lot of guests from Texas. They tend to be in more creative fields. So when we're talking about like, hmm, how do we envision our core customer? That's exactly who it is. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. 
Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 